As evidence of an impending climate catastrophe increase with each passing day, the urgency with which we talk about sustainable consumption has correspondingly heightened. Yet these discussions seem to be heading in circles. Are we really talking about the same thing when we talk about sustainable consumption? What is sustainable, and who gets to define what sustainability means? Accordingly, are we acting in unison in the interest of institutionalizing sustainable consumption? To help us clarify the way we think about sustainable consumption, Professor Michael Maniates reflects on three paradoxes he observes in academic, political, and environmental discourse. Professor Michael Marnitz is the founding head of studies of environmental studies at UNS College. He holds a Bachelor's of Science in Conservation and Resource Studies and a Master's and PhD in Energy and Resources, all from the University of California, Berkeley. He also co-founded two award-winning environmental organizations and formerly served as Academic Dean at Semester at Sea, a floating university. These days, Professor Marnitz has dedicated his time to write about the Trinity of Despair, the attractions and limitations of green living, social innovation, and higher education in a post-growth world. For more information on Professor Maniets, the link in the description will bring you to his website. In his article, Sustainable Consumption, Three Paradoxes, Professor Maniets reflects on the paradox embedded in the contemporary use and construction of the term sustainable consumption, which he draws from papers in the journal Gaia. Even the definition of sustainable consumption remains fuzzy at best, with limited agreement around organizing questions, key definitions, and fundamental disciplinary traditions. It has been used in somewhat divergent ways, deployed by different actors at different times to describe everything from individual acts of conscientious consumption to consumption-shifting policy measures to cultural pathways to degrowth and the evolution of shared consumer practice. Yet it's not necessarily wrong or bad for us to have such a pluralistic conception of sustainable consumption. Some may even celebrate the conceptual diversity as a sign of success, taking the veritable explosion in discourse as an indication of growing interest in sustainability and environmental research. The challenge, nevertheless, is to organize our shared inquiry about notions of sustainable consumption in ways that sharpen the analytic power of the field without unduly narrowing the question it asks or alienating the scholarly traditions upon which it draws and relies. It would thus be necessary for us to consider the paradoxes, the moments of uncomfortable dissonance, the opportunities for reconsideration of all assumptions found in the concept of sustainable consumption. The first paradox is about you and me, the individual consumer. Based on the view of behavioural economics alone, we understand that individual consumption patterns are subject to external influences, and that the individual, far from being totally rational and sovereign in his or her decision-making, behaves in relation to his or her social, cultural, and material context. In other words, we cannot fully understand existing patterns of consumption unless we understand that the choices made by individuals are not exclusively their own, that in some way or form, their choices also embody considerations, values, and norms that are not of their own. Yet, the individual remains the primary unit of analysis, assumed in most circles to be the drivers of existing patterns of unsustainable consumption. The paradox, then, is located somewhere between the complexity of consumption studies on one hand and the attractiveness of the simple frame of the individual consumer on the other. How and why has this individual consumer paradox arisen? There are at least four overlapping explanations, the first of which being semantic. 
implicit in the term sustainable consumption is the suggestion that existing patterns of consumption are unsustainable. And given that the individual consumer is the most visible and easily studied participant in the processes of production and consumption, it becomes a natural focus of study and persuasion. At the same time, the tradition of situating the individual as the primary unit of analysis remains widely practiced in many discursive structures and academic disciplines, including economics, psychology, and business studies, thus reinforcing the former in accentuating the role of the individual. A third possibility is that those with the powers to set the discursive agenda have an interest in shifting the responsibilities of environmental action to the individual consumers. By identifying citizens as consumers and governments as enablers whose role is to induce people to make pro-environmental decisions for themselves, individuals assume a greater share of the responsibility for doing right by the environment. The fourth explanation, linked closely to this promotion agenda, revolves around the notion of consumer sovereignty, which views individual consumer choice as the principal source of production, pricing, and regulatory decisions. Commonplace adages and expressions like voting with a wallet come to mind. The second paradox is a paradox of definition. Sustainable consumption is profoundly ill-defined, but stronger working definitions could compound the conceptual confusion and ambiguity by joining the ranks of existing definitions. If a new definition becomes dominant and thus privileges certain concepts, methodologies, and questions over others, it walls off the field from potentially useful scholarship. Already, some indications of conceptual ambiguity are already observable. Some definitions of sustainable consumption emphasize the nature of production, while others focus on the role of the individual consumer. Some classify sustainable consumption as provisions which restore natural capacity and the resilience of ecosystem processes, but others argue that sustainability is measured by the impact of consumption practices on social capital and citizen competency. In fact, ambiguity is not an accidental outcome of a disaggregated discursive landscape. The very concept of sustainable consumption, which originates in the work of the Brundtland Commission, is purposely engineered for what is believed to be maneuverable defined as development that meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. The final paradox is that of power and social change. Specifically, despite having made great strides in identifying the inextricability of power from the Sustainable Consumption Project, the scholarly community appears to be reluctant to fully engage with such questions and issues. These include questions like what configurations of power and influence produce and maintain existing patterns of consumption, which actors are able and willing to reshape the underlying structures of material provisioning, who is capable of shifting the terrain of consumption, and who is culpable for creating and reinforcing existing patterns of unsustainable consumption. Those asking difficult questions about power and privilege appear to be motivated more by particular policy issues or theoretical questions than by concerns with sustainable consumption per se. As opposed to interrogating power structures, the few appears to reproduce their assumptions, capitulating to the paradox of individual consumer and elevating the role of experts as guardians and overseers of systems of consumption. Power becomes conceptualized in two mutually dependent and eventually narrow ways. Firstly, as a manifestation of consumer sovereignty, and secondly, as the expression of expert influence. In turn, two theories of social change are privileged. One is a simplified version of diffusion theory, in which the right combination of novel ideas and new consumption practices were spread spontaneously among consumers. The other is a variant of rational choice theory, where the preferences and behaviours of rational consumers are steered in new directions by equally rational policy instruments. Neither critically engage and confront power, 
so neither provide satisfactory visions of how power can be reconfigured. Such reluctance to engage questions of power and social change may increasingly flow from the sense that the best we could do as scholars is to document the slowly unfolding crash around us, with little hope that much could be done to prevent it. Little has been directed to address these paradoxes. Perhaps by meditating on these questions, we may find new ways of fostering research that is more strategic, reflective and political, and produce alternative frameworks and approaches that reshape the way we think about sustainable consumption. This may in turn open new paths for bringing order not just to discourse itself, but also to environmental action. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. This episode of After Hours is brought to you by the UNUS Society for Academic Research and is based on a research article written by Professor Michael Marnitz. If you'd like to learn more about Professor Marnitz's work, check out the link in the description. If you enjoy learning about the latest research insights, consider subscribing to us on anywhere you get your podcast. We will be back next week with a new episode. Till then, goodbye.